taking control of our futures and living our best lives. We can all do it together. This is the PM Agency Podcast. She can and she will. With your hosts, Deesa McAllister and the country mompreneur, Marianne Brown. Hi, guys. Well, today, Deesa had to take some family time. So I'm going to be speaking with Jillian Bennett, a nutrition coach. And let me tell you, she is going to make me totally rethink the way it comes when it comes to nutrition. I just know it. We've all been on some diets. I've been on some awful ones. I talk to myself awful. She's going to get me and get my mind straight. And hopefully she helps you consider ways to get your mind straight as well. Everybody stay tuned for our chat with Jillian Bennett. Today I'm being joined by Jillian Bennett, nutritionist. Are you are you a nutritionist or are you a nutrition and mindset coach? I'm a nutrition and mindset coach. So I do more of like all around health coaching. And we even dig into things like time management, uh, self-care, stress management. So it's really kind of all encompassing. Okay, that's awesome. So and you also are the CEO of Bite Sides Nutrition. So let's start with just your first question, which and I know in my life it's the same way where I think about when I think of nutrition, I'm thinking about weight loss. I've got to go on a diet. I've got to get more nutritious, not talking about nourishment in a whole. What is the difference and why are we so focused on that? Is it just because it's so fed to us every day? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us from a very young age have sort of had that association, whether it's something that we picked up from our parents or our grandparents. I remember personally, I remember going to Weight Watchers meetings with my mom when I was like four years old. Mm-hmm. And so from the time we're really, really young and, you know, it's, it's very, very, um, common in women and sometimes in men as well. I've worked with male clients who have been put on diet. They were put on diets when they were like six or seven years old as well. But I think especially with, within, you know, for women, we're sort of fed this idea of an ideal body type, but the messed up thing is the ideal body type changes like every few years. Yeah. But from there, we sort of learn that. We are, and I think this especially goes for like very sort of high powered women is we sort of associate discipline and willpower and achievement with being in a smaller body. And so it creates this really unfortunate connection between something that we literally need to live, but is also such a big part of our culture, our experience, our joy in the world. Like food is such a joyful experience, but it turns into something that feels like hellish, for someone mm-hmm. when you have been on and off a diet for your entire life, which I work with many women that have literally been dieting for the majority of their life. How do you fix that in someone like it's engraved, it's engraved in your brain? Like, how can you get that change your whole mindset of thinking, OK, I have to I have to like me growing up my entire life. I also have been on diets forever. And so if I think that I'm going to go on a diet. I suddenly want cake. I want pizza. Like I want all the bad things. So I I don't know. How do you get your mind right? That is (laughs) such a good question. And that is literally what my entire coaching practice addresses is like, how do you get your mind right? And a lot of it is really just coming to terms and accepting like the, this is how things are right now. And that is okay. And that's really tough because we're constantly fighting against our bodies. We're fighting against our desires. And so part of it is, is like gathering acceptance and, and saying, you know what? This is how things are right now. And also believing I have the capacity to change. And that belief and I have the capacity to change is, you know, you've probably mentioned the growth mindset sometime on this podcast, 
but it yep. really embodies that is like, if I believe I have the capacity to change, that means I'm going to keep going and pursuing this change, even when it feels challenging, because we are going against habits that we've been forming for the majority of our lives. I mean, I'm in my mid thirties. This is something that from as long as I can remember, something has been wrong with my body. Right. Yep. And so it comes. So we start with acceptance of like, this is how things are now belief in the fact that I can change. And then we work on creating a a basis of self-trust. And that comes through little moments. It's like when you create a relationship with another person, you don't all of a sudden trust them implicitly, like from the moment you meet them, you build that trust over little tiny moments. And the yeah. same thing goes with ourselves. And so when I work with clients, a lot of the time we we start focusing on mindful eating habits. And at the beginning of any of my coaching programs, we talk about core values. And you've probably heard about this, like core values for business. I talk mm-hmm. about core values for your life. And so I'll give you an example. Um, I, I will occasionally have some thoughts pop up in my head of like, oh, I should go on a diet. Like I, I've gained some weight. I should go on a diet. And so I have to manage these thoughts. And the way that I do that is I go back to, am I acting in alignment with my values? And I think back, you know what? I had a weekend where I did eat out more than normal, but all of those actions that I took were aligned with my values of connection and freedom. Alongside that, we also have to relearn what it feels like to be comfortably full and what it feels like to check in with ourselves and say, do I actually want to be eating this or am I just moving like out of inertia? And so there's a lot of different components here, but the basis of it all is sort of like that belief that I can change. We start, we understand like, what are my core values and how do I act in alignment with that? And then it kind of flows from there. So you have a weekend, you go to some parties, you have too much food, too many drinks. How do you, after a weekend of that, like I'll go, I'll, I'll be on a really doing really, really good on a diet, for example, and I'll have a weekend like that. And then I'm just like, well, I screwed up. And then like, that's it. And then like the next whole week I'm eating pizza and stuff because I feel like, oh, well, now I'm just, my mind's going to give up. Well, and I would ask you, does your diet include pizza? Mm, not not generally because you're not supposed to have carbs. That's yeah, what's yeah. in, my brain, in my brain. You know, you're not supposed to have carbs. So as soon as you have carbs or pasta or something, then oh, you failed. Like, oh, I already screwed up. Might as well keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is actually, and this is why like nutrition coaching, it's so important to look at it from a psychological perspective as well. And so why my training is in not just nutrition, but also psychology is because one of the things that you're telling me is like my diet restricts the foods that I enjoy eating. And so it makes so much sense that when those foods are available, you're going to eat them not in moderate portions, but in portions that are like, oh, wow, I physically don't feel great. Yeah. But because I know that when I go back to quote unquote real life, I can't have any of that stuff in your head. It's like, well, I have to get it in now. Okay. And so part of that is one of the really important concepts that I coach my clients around is a concept of unconditional permission to eat. And this feels really scary for people because they're like, if I give myself unconditional permission to eat, I'm never going to stop eating. And the way that I would frame it is like this. Think about the law of supply and demand. When there is low supply of something, demand is high. When there is high supply of something, demand is lower. And so if you can literally eat pizza whenever you like, you're going to, you, you're going to filter that decision through a few different filters, right? Like, does pizza, is pizza going to leave me how feeling how I want to feel? Does pizza support the goal that I have right now? Like, do I even want to eat pizza today? 
But when pizza is highly restricted, and it could be donuts, it could be cookies, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. When it's highly restricted, anytime pizza's in front of you, you're like, oh no, I'm going after <laughs> it. Right? And that sort of, that sort of reminds me of like the kids that their parents never let them drink and never let them go out and party, go to college and go crazy. Cause. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's very, yeah. very Now, now let's take this and look at moms. So. As a mom, I know when my son was little, my food was whatever he didn't eat or fast food because he likes chicken nuggets. Like, how can moms get a better approach to nutrition when you've got all these kids, you got to feed them this stuff, and how do you get a focus on making sure you eat right? The amazing, amazing question. I know I've told you that like three times, but these are really good questions. <laughs> and and a big part of that is like the way that we frame nutrition for our kids is like my kid's nutrition is a priority, but why should my child be eating really ener- any differently than what I should be eating? Uh, both me and my child need protein. We need carbohydrates. We need fats, right? Maybe my child is going to want to eat chicken in little diced up cubes because that's easier for them to eat, but we can literally be eating the same things. And I think that a lot of moms sort of have this this idea of like, well, my kid is a picky eater. I need to be giving him certain things or I need to be giving them certain things. And it's totally normal for kids to reject some foods sometimes and eat other foods other times. And any mom, I've worked with so many moms and they'll be like, my kid was loving broccoli last week and this week he hates it. And mm-hmm. that's totally normal. Oh, yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of like mom guilt or mom fear of like my kid isn't going to be getting everything that they need. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other side where especially, you know, a lot of us have been programmed from a very young age to like you have to finish everything on your plate. And so when your kid doesn't finish everything on your plate, you're like, well, I cannot waste this food. And so (laughs) and so. Yeah. And so part of that is is a mindset shift of like, hey, if they didn't finish what's on their plate, it goes in a Tupperware and they get it at their next meal. And also accepting like sometimes there will be food waste and that is okay. There is, there is a big difference between putting the food waste in the garbage and put it and using my, my, my body as the garbage bin, right? That's true. Yeah. And, and I think there is like part of, it's really having a conversation with yourself and being like, Hey, I do my best to not waste food. However, sometimes it is inevitable and it's not fair on my body to become the dustbin. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. like accepting this. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, and, and a, a lot of it also. Sorry to interrupt you there. A lot no, of it also right. has to do with like, as moms, you're going, 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 and sometimes you don't even realize that you're eating something mm-hmm. as you're eating it, and then afterwards you're like, oh, why did I do that? And so, one of the other principles that I work with clients a lot on is mindful eating, and we have this idea of like Instagram mindful eating is like. Think twice before you eat an Oreo, but mindful eating is being present to what is happening as it happens. And so as you practice that, you can become present to, oh, I'm having the urge to eat this because I don't want to waste it. And then you can choose how you address that urge rather than simply acting on impulse. Rather than grabbing like the whole bag of Doritos and sitting in front of the TV. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you can, and you can choose, you can say, Hey, you know what? I really feel like eating some Doritos. Doritos are sound really good right now. So I'm going to take some Doritos out of the bag. I'm going to put it in a bowl. And also a big part of that is the reassurance of, I can always have more because mm-hmm. often when we do grab the Doritos, it's like, well, I better finish the bag because then it'll be gone and I don't have to think about it and I'll never do this again. And we know that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. So now, I was checking out your website before you got on, 
and you talk a lot about self-compassion. How is that essential for a better relationship with food? Like, what is that? Tell me more. So what is your self-talk like after a weekend when you drink too much or eat too much? You failed pretty yeah. much. Like, yeah. 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 How would you speak to someone you really care about? Like, let's say your best girlfriend. Your best girlfriend is like, oh, I ate way too much this weekend. I drank way too much. Like, oh, I'm such a failure. I can't believe that I did that. I'm such an idiot. How would you speak to her? Totally different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would be, I would be trying to get her. Oh, it's no big deal. You can, you can get back on. Yeah, it would be totally different. Yeah. yeah. And so self-compassion is really important because a lot of our perpetuating issues with food are because we are constantly doing the same thing, expecting different results and beating ourselves up over it. And so self-compassion, I want to be really clear. Self-compassion is not self-indulgence. It is not saying it's okay. No big deal. It's saying, Hey, you're a human. Being a human is difficult. This is challenging. How can you better support yourself in the future? And so I think that's why self-compassion is such a challenge is because we think what it is is self-indulgence. We think what it is is letting ourselves off the hook. And we don't want to let ourselves off the hook. But self-compassion, there's actually a, a decent body of research around this. Um, there's a researcher that I I follow a lot of her content, and her name is Dr. Kristen Neff. I use a lot of her exercises in my coaching as well. She's probably the most well-known self-compassion researcher in the world. And she talks about fierce self-compassion. And she talks about how self-compassion is actually really helpful for helping ourselves move towards a goal. And that there is research behind like people that are self-compassionate are actually less likely to give up. Whereas we think we have to be super hard on ourselves to not give up. Yeah. So I feel like I need to like come and, and talk to you like once a day. <laughs> Amazing. That's totally fine. We can do that. We can do that. <laughs> so tell me about how your coaching works. Are you doing a one-on-one with people? Are you doing group sessions? Is it all virtual? Like how, how do you do your thing? Yeah. So you, you can tell by my accent that I'm American, but I live in Spain. And so I live in Barcelona, Spain and all of my work is, is online. So I work with clients all over the world. I think I have clients on three or four continents right now. And, and I do, I do one-on-one coaching and I do group coaching and my one-on-one coaching is very much obviously very personalized to the individual. And so I will work, I generally work with individuals that are sort of on either end of the spectrum. Either they don't have any idea about nutrition. They're like, I really need some organization here. I need some education on like, what is a protein or individuals that are on the other side that they're like, I've been dieting forever. I almost feel like I know too much. I'm Complete, I'm totally on and off. I'm so strict with myself or I completely fall off the wagon. And I help both of those individuals find that middle space. And so my group coaching program is really a lot around the mindset and mindful eating side and really for those individuals that are on and off because they're so rigid finding that middle ground. And so sort of reprogramming your brain to be able to eat without rules and, and then I, that will often lead into many individuals will work with me on that and then they'll move into one-on-one coaching or vice versa. So do you, you tell people you get their mind sort of right, but do you tell them you should eat this, this, like, do you put together diet plans for them or are you more of like helping them make better decisions? Yeah. So I do not put together diet plans. So partly because meal plans can only be prescribed by a registered dietitian. If yeah. anybody that is not a registered dietitian is giving you a meal plan, uh, 
they're be, they're doing something illegal. Yeah. Um, but what I do is I, I help individuals create their own. So I help them with meal planning, which is very different. So that is creating a structure of meal planning that fits in with your lifestyle and your okay. goals. So it's supporting you and creating that for yourself, holding you accountable to doing the things that you say that you're going to do and educating you on actual nutrition science, not diet dogma, which is, for example, you cannot eat carbs. Like that is an extreme, mm-hmm. so it's such a wide reaching claim. And it's like, what, where's the context here? <laughs> like people will come to you. I remember when I was younger, gosh, I think I was in my teens. My aunts went on this diet and I went on it as well. Cause I always growing up, I've always been a heavier kid and it was called the cabbage soup diet. Did you ever hear of that? Yes, I did. It was I so think disgusting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like people, do people come to you with like, Oh, I've found this diet. I think it'll work. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Do you realize this is disgusting? So my coaching is very client centered. <laughs> and so what that means, if I have a client that comes to me and says, I really want to do keto. I'm going to support them in trying that out and looking at like, does this actually work for me and my life? Because when has anyone else telling us like, don't do that ever sat well, right? And so I'm here to help coach and guide clients to make their own decisions about things and, and work almost like if you look at it, if you think about a bowling alley, when you go bowling, you put bumpers on the lanes, you can still move within the lane, but you're not like falling off the side. That's essentially what I am. Is like I'm helping you move in the right direction and providing bumpers along the way and holding up that mirror because a lot of the time, this is why all coaches, all good coaches, I think, have their own coach mm-hmm. in a, in some area of their life because we cannot see ourselves clearly. And a lot of the time it takes a mirror of someone asking us hard questions and offering us education. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And having that accountability person too to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I like it. Awesome. Well, Jillian, this was a great conversation. I really liked it. Me too. You have some yes. amazing questions. I really appreciate that. Yes. And I'm definitely going to probably reach out to you about this whole coaching because yeah, I've, I've never had someone like a new, someone to tell, help me get a better mindset around my nutrition. That's always been sort of like, oh, let me try this diet. Let me try this diet. And you'll see like something like keto with my ex. It worked great for him, but not so much for me. So, I mean... Yeah. You'll see it work for someone and think, think, oh, I, I gotta be able to do it. So, I mean. Yeah. And I would, I would also challenge the like, what does it mean that something works? Right. And so a lot of the time we say like, well, a diet worked because I lost weight, but then what happens afterwards? Right. Like it didn't work if you have to like keep going back to it over and over. And I think that's a really big challenge that like we sort of have in our heads is like, well, is the goal the after photo or is the goal like a long-term maintenance of my life in a way that like fits in with how I want to live. That's, and that's very true. That's all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Have an amazing rest of your day. I'll look forward to chatting with you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more information, join us at the PMAgency.com. 